Welcome back to the Posting Up Podcast with your host here, Alec Jesse. It is a Thursday afternoon. I am in Louisville, Kentucky This uh, for this episode. Um, here it is snowing. It is March 7th, and it is snowing out here, uh, so that's not cool, but it is March. It, it, is, it is March. Things are ramping up. Conference tournaments are underway, um, including... So you got the OVC, you got the A Sun, uh, you got a couple others. So I mean, it, it we are right now in the thick of it uh, as far as uh, getting a bracket. We will have a bracket in I think ten days. Uh, I think that's yeah, ten days. So uh, not this Sunday, but the next one. Uh, like I said, I don't know if I'll be able to do a podcast next week. Um, uh, around this time because I will be covering. WKU, uh, the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers in Frisco, Texas. But, uh, but yeah, I uh, definitely when I get back and there is a bracket, I'll you know because the next week it will be all championship weeks. So I'll probably uh, the day uh, I get back, I will do a podcast then talk about the bracket because we will have that set in stone and we'll be just ready to rock and roll. So we left off last Thursday. Um, so exactly a week ago. It was the last day of March, actually. Um, and so a lot of, I guess you could say, some dominoes have been falling, and we're getting kind of closer and closer to seeing what this bracket is going to be like, uh, especially with some of the bubble teams uh, with some big results. First off, Alabama. We talked about them last week. Uh, but anyway, Alabama had a big stretch, right? They had uh, they were coming off a win against uh, South Carolina, big win for them, because it feels like with Alabama they've been playing their way. It looked like they were playing their way into safely being in uh, you know in the tournament. Then they lose two or three straight. One of them coming against A uh, and M, and then they beat South Carolina, big road win for them to kind of knock South Carolina out and give them the upper hand. And then they have these two games coming up, both of them at home against LSU and Auburn, and. I think they, you know, you got to get one of those. I don't know who they have up they in their upcoming game on Saturdays is at Arkansas, but you got to get one of those two home games because you get one of those two, you got to feel pretty good with the way the rest of the bubble is shaking out. Uh, so you know, we'll see, right? And what ends up happening is they drop both of them. Uh, LSU against LSU, they had a second half lead against Auburn. They had a twelve point advantage. Uh, at halftime, and they lose both of them. You know, with Avery Johnson, he's clearly been able to bring in better talent um, at Alabama than Anthony uh, Anthony Grant had before him. But Anthony Grant had his, had a better record in the same amount of games that they both coached the first I don't know how many games than Avery Johnson does. Uh, and Avery Johnson has theoretically better players. At his disposal. I mean, think about it. Colin Sexton, John, keeping John Petty in state was a big win for him. Um, they've been able to really, they've been uh, able to keep most of the the guys in, or the most of their best in state recruits in state. When you think about it, Riley Norris, Alex Reese, uh, Dante Hall, all of them, big time, 
uh, you know, pretty, you know, four-star recruits. Petty a five-star uh, or a low or a high-end four, you know, whatever it was. Uh, keeping those guys in state, but uh, it just doesn't seem to be paying out. The good news for them is, is that even though it seems like they're playing their way off the or uh, out of the tournament, they're still in the last four. Now, that's there's obviously that margin of error. This is, of course, to ESPN Jill Lenardi's bracket. There is obviously a margin for error between the last four in and first four out. There's obviously not every team that Lenardi has in the tournament necessarily means you're in. Uh, you know, they, they could go back and forth. We'll just have to see what the committee does. But as of right now, Alabama is projected in. And the teams below them, Seton Hall, Temple, Clemson, uh, the, the remainder of the last four in and the first four out, TCU, St. Mary's, Furman, Murray State, you know, other than maybe Murray State, none of them have a super compelling case, in my opinion, to be in the tournament. So uh, we'll have to see. So I, I get, we'll, we'll start like kind of like we did last week, talking about some of the bubble teams or some of the teams maybe either playing their way into the tournament or playing their way back, you know, that were safely in back on the bubble. So we'll kind of get into that. Uh, TCU talking about a team playing their way out of the tournament. Looked safely in. Uh, you know, they had won. So think about this. Back, I can't. Let, let's see what day this was. I don't. Uh, but either way, so they had won February 9th. They went to Iowa State and won. Uh, so they were looking, you know, they were looking pretty good. Coming off. Coming off a win against Oklahoma State, they they had also beaten Florida at home a little while back, so they were looking good. Since then, Jamie Dixon's team has lost six of seven, with their only other win coming at home against Iowa State. They have lost to the likes of Texas Tech at home, Kansas State at home, at Oklahoma State, Oklahoma at home, Kansas at home, at West Virginia. They have had plenty of opportunities. I mean, Kansas, you know, Kansas is has been atrocious on the road this year. Atrocious, especially in conference. They lose that game. Oklahoma, and I talked about them last week. Now they picked up a big one. You know, they picked, they just beat Kansas at home very soundly on Tuesday night. Uh, so may you know, so that that actually will help their cause, even though they still have a putrid conference record. Um, but you know, another team, you lose that game. West Virginia has been horrible. Now, they, I think they have won their last two home games, but still, West Virginia has been terrible this year. Uh, and then home games against Texas Tech and Kansas State, you win one or both. You win both, you're in. Your, your, your ticket's been punched. They lose them both. <clears throat> or even if you win one of them, you're probably in a good spot. You lose both of them at home, and now they they have um, – they finish up at Texas in a 6-11 conference record. Yeah, you're not telling me TCU right now is in the tournament losing seven, six of seven because I believe the committee takes into your account your last ten games. Six of seven and blowing big-time quad one opportunities at home. I mean, Texas Tech, Kansas State, Oklahoma, Kansas. Oklahoma, that's a quad two game. But Kansas, Kansas State, and Texas Tech. you got to win one of them, and you'd like to win two of them. And then you mix in bad losses at Oklahoma State and at West Virginia, and you have a recipe for playing your way out of the tournament. It just seems like ever since Jalen uh, Fisher, you know, tore his ACL, then elected to uh, transfer. 
uh, they just haven't been good. They just have not. Uh, they've not been the same team, uh, and, and it is showing uh, in, in crunch time. So TCU has kind of played their way off of the bubble. Talk about a team that's played their way back into the conversation is Indiana. Um, they they had to make or break week. Two home games against ranked teams: Wisconsin, Michigan State. You lose them both, forget about it. You win them both, okay, you're back on the table. And they won them both. Uh, you know, against Wisconsin, went into double overtime. Romeo Langford with a game-winning layup at the end of that game. Very exciting game. I got to watch the end of that one. And then they ended up knocking off Michigan State at home for the sweep of the Spartans, the first-place Spartans, I believe. Ah, tied for first-place Spartans. Um, Michigan State, Michigan, and Purdue all tied at four, at 15-4. and four. So, I mean, two big-time wins, and all of a sudden a team that had lost, what, 12 of 13 in the middle of Big Ten play is all of a sudden kind of like there. I still don't, you know, they have two games at home, or at Illinois Rutgers at home. You obviously got to win those. Um, you win those two, and then if you knock off someone big in the tournament, because with the way the bubble is shaping up, none of these teams are separating themselves. That's the thing. None of them are separating themselves. Uh, like I said, Alabama. Lo- Alabama losing's big. Clemson has been brutal. And qu- we'll, we'll get to them in a second. Uh, St. John's, again, another team we'll get to in a second. Playing their way out of it. TCU losing, a team that, you know, a month ago was a foregone conclusion that's a tournament team. And now all of a sudden, they're, they're, uh, they're ba- barely getting by. They, have to win- they essentially have to win this road game against Texas. Indiana is all of a sudden, like, in it. It's kind. Of, it's pretty bizarre, but it, it is what it is. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so the uh, the Hoosiers back uh, back on track a bit, but they got to go on the road and win. That's something they have just not been able to do. I mean, they haven't really been able to do a whole lot recently, but they have uh, defended their home court the last two games. So uh, b- big week for Indiana. They have played their way back into the. You know, they're still on the outside looking in, but okay. They they have wins. Marquette, Louisville, two against Michigan State, and now uh, in Wisconsin. They have wins. It's just they have so many losses to go with it. It's going to be tough for them to get in the tournament. But they're there. I mean, they're there for sure. Uh, talk about the Big East for a second. We're going to talk about this whole race. Because it, outside of Nova and Marquette, they're all bubble teams. Uh, between... So currently, right now, St. John's, Creighton, Seton Hall. Yeah, St. John's, Creighton, Georgetown, Seton Hall, Xavier, all 8-9 in conference. All of them. That is absurd. Xavier was a team no one thought was getting a chance, right? In the middle of conference play, they lost, what, six in a row? Yeah, they they were on a six-game losing streak. And since then, they responded with a five-game winning streak with wins... At Seton Hall, Villanova at home, at St. John's, all quadrant one wins for the Musketeers. Uh, they just lost to Butler. That kind of hampers uh, their uh, their strides a bit. But so home game at St. John's, all, a team that was left for dead, uh, had a losing record in the midst of a brutal six game losing streak. You know, Villanova clocked them on the road. You had Marquette beat them at Creighton. DePaul beat them at home. I mean, 
Uh, so a pretty brutal stretch for the Musketeers. They re- rebounded nicely. All of a sudden, they've played their way uh, into the conversation. Creighton, another team, looking like, yeah, they don't really have much of a chance, right? They, they, I don't know if they had a four-game losing streak. They've had two four-game losing streaks in conference. Two separate four-game losing streaks in conference. But now they're in the midst of a four-game winning streak. Road game, road winning against DePaul. They beat Georgetown, another team they're competing with. And then the big one, they won at Marquette. Um, and they just beat Providence. They host DePaul. Another team, it looked like, yeah, they're done, right? Losing at Villanova, then you know, getting swept by Seton Hall at Xavier. It didn't look like much of a chance. And all of a sudden, here we are, talking about uh, Creighton potentially stealing a bid. Georgetown. <clears throat> uh, Patrick Ewing and Matt McClung and all those guys, uh, James Akinjo over at at uh, Georgetown. Again, they they've kind of been on and off. You have they 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 lost. They split with Seton Hall. They beat Villanova at home, crushed them. But they've also lost. To the, they also just are coming off of a loss at a Paul, uh, one hundred one to sixty nine. So uh, you know a bludgeoning at DePaul, and then they have to go to Marquette to finish out their schedule. And then another team, Seton Hall has just been totally up and down this year. But they have wins. That's the thing. They have wins. Road win at Maryland. That's looking nice. I mean, Maryland's currently not ranked, but that's still a good win. The Kentucky win. They're clinging on to those two. And both of them away from home. So, I mean, both big-time wins for Seton Hall. You know, they had they had a, they had a four-game losing streak. I mean, Seton Hall, it's been like, okay, they're playing their way in the tournament. Uh, they, they had a three-game winning streak against Creighton at home, Creighton on the road, and Georgetown. They be, and it looked like, okay, Seton Hall's good. Then they lose at home to Xavier. They lose to, uh, at St. John's, and they lose at Georgetown. So it's like, okay, well, now who knows? And then they just beat Marquette at home. Marquette in the midst, I'm saying a lot, Marquette losing a lot. They're in the midst of a, a three-game losing streak. Get to them in a second. So Seton Hall, like, I mean, who knows? And uh, Quincy McKnight held Marcus Howard to six points. Um, uh, you know, Miles Powell. I mean, he, he's a he, he. I mean, you just never know what you're going to get with him. You can get zero, you can get 30. And he had 34 in this game, 33-34. Uh, Seton Hall won last night. Big time win. They had to defend their home court. They'll get Villanova to round it out. They win that game. I don't see how you keep Seton Hall out of the tournament. They win that game against Villanova, and they win a game in the Big, in the big East tournament. Then I don't see how you keep them out. They have some losses. Yes, getting swept at DePaul was bad. Um, losing at home to Xavier bad. They had a big opportunity at Butler that they they uh, they lost. I grant you that. However, if they beat if they win their next two games, I, I don't see how you keep them out. They they'd have at least a five hundred record with wins with good wins. Can you know away from home and at home? Uh, I think you got to put them in the tournament. St. John's now all of a sudden in the midst of an implosion. Uh, lost three of four, was looking good. Remember, they beat, they came back against Villanova uh, at the Garden and beat them by 19 a couple su- uh, Sundays ago, or a few Sundays ago. And then now they're in the midst of a brutal stretch, lost at Providence, a bad team, probably the outside of DePaul and 
in Providence, the two bottom feeders of the Big East. They beat Seton Hall at home, but then lost at home to Xavier, gave Xavier life, and then lost at DePaul. And now they go to Xavier, a team they just lost to, to round out their schedule. I mean, St. John's, remember, they, they start out, what, like 12-0, and 11-0? And now here we are talking about them. Well, they're, they're playing the way out, out of the out of tournament. I mean, the, the Big East, that little those five teams you know, outside of, I guess, what, Villanova, Marquette, Georgetown, Creighton, uh, yeah, Georgetown, Creighton, Seton Hall, Xavier, and St. John's, it's, it's, they've been bizarre, those five teams, because they, they beat each other, and it looks like, okay, we're good, and then they lose the next game against one of those other teams, or one of the other five, and then you just don't know. Uh, I, I'd say Seton Hall is probably, well, St. John's is currently in the last four buys, but I think Seton Hall is in the best position, because all they got to do is win a home game against Villanova, who has been susceptible on the road, um, and then take care of business one game of the Big East tournament. If they do that, I don't see them. I don't see any way they are held out of the tournament at that point, even with the losses. St. John's probably at this point is probably more in the tournament, but they have a road game at Xavier, a team they just lost to at home. Uh, you know, and you lose that game, and Seton Hall wins the home game against Villanova, and they may flip right there. So I think it's kind of interesting how that'll all unfold uh, right there. So, okay, let's talk a little bit now some of the SEC teams. Uh, we talked about Alabama, so let's finish up with Florida and uh, Ole Miss. So with the SEC, you're getting five in for sure. You're getting Kentucky, you're getting LSU. LSU had some uh, quite uh, interesting news come out today. I guess we'll mention that uh, momentarily. Uh, but Tennessee, LSU, Kentucky, uh, Mississippi State, and Auburn. Those five are they're in. You don't really think about it. Like they are, they're good. Uh, one one of uh, one of Kentucky, LSU, and, and Tennessee will get the automatic, uh, automatic bid with the SEC tournament. That's uh, one of those threes will win it. Uh, but who knows? But or but for Auburn and Mississippi State, those teams uh, will be in. They'll get an at large easily. So then there's four or the three. Three teams, yeah, three teams, excuse me, uh, where it's like, well, who knows? If South Carolina hadn't had such a putrid non-conference, they'd probably be in the tournament right now, or they'd be definitely on the bubble. Uh, but their non-conference was so bad uh, that right now they have a solid uh, conference record at 10-7. and 7. That's respectable. Uh, they're tied with Auburn right now for fifth. Uh, well, I guess, I, yeah, they're tied with Auburn for fifth. So... Uh, yeah, but they had such a bad non-conference that they uh, that they will not make the tournament unless they win the conference tournament. So that you know, Ole Miss, Florida, and Alabama are the teams. Talk, talk about Alabama. So with Florida, they looked like they were good, right? Coming off, you know, they were in the middle of a big time win streak, uh, five straight. You know, big wins. You know, the, the win at Alabama and LSU; those two were big. They defended. Uh, home court. They played horribly against Missouri, but they still found a way to win. And then they won at Vandy heading into the weekend. So it looked like they were good, right? And then home games against Georgia and LSU. You figure they're going to beat Georgia, and then LSU is kind of like, you know, well, we beat them once, we can beat them again. And of course, because this is the way the bubble's been this year, they lose them both. Um, you beat Georgia, you're good. I think you're still, they're still probably okay. 
they're still probably okay just because the rest of the bubble is, like I said, no one separating themselves. But Florida had a real opportunity to make it n- not even a question with the win over Georgia and LSU. You win those two in your day. De- I mean, there's no, there's no question about it. They're in the tournament. But they lose those two, uh, you know, bad, bad Georgia team uh, at home. I mean, they, they had two terrible losses at home against South Carolina and, and Georgia. You win those two and you're fine, you know, because none of their other losses are that bad in conference. Uh, at all, you, you take those out and they're fine. It's, it's like with Alabama and, and losing to A and M twice and in uh, Georgia State. You take care of those games and you're good. But they didn't want to do that, so here here we are talking about them on the bubble. And Georgia now has to go to Kentucky, uh, who may get Reed Travis back. We'll talk about you know we'll talk about the one seed contenders in a second. Um, so yeah. It's going to be that. That's going to be a tall task. Uh, Kentucky played much better, obviously, against Ole Miss. I mean, Florida. If if Reed Travis plays, I don't see a way Florida wins. If he doesn't play, okay, maybe they could because I mean, a team like Arkansas pushed Kentucky to the brink uh, with uh, Reed Travis on the pine. So you know, we'll just have to see uh, how that shakes out. That'll be a tall task. I think if you're Florida, if you lose to Kentucky, you'd like to. You got. You need to win that first SEC tournament. If you do that, you're probably fine uh, because they're going to go into the tournament likely with 15 losses. Uh, so definitely 14, probably 15. So uh, we'll just have to see how that how that shakes out. Uh, and Ole Miss, another team, looked good. You know, looked like they were, you know, set. I mean, and, and they pretty much had their ticket punch against Tennessee. They had that game won. It was over. And Brian Tyree missed the front of a one-on-one. Grant Williams goes down, hits a layup, and then Ole Miss gets a charge call, and boom, it's over. Um, then they lose at Arkansas. I mean, Arkansas is a tough place to play, but you still, that's a game. If you're Ole Miss, you, you like to have, and then they lose uh, against Kentucky at home without Reed Travis. A game In a game, they were up by as much as six or seven. Um, and they had the lead a few times in the second half. Uh so a really, really tough stretch for Kermit Davis, who you could argue could be coach of the year. But Ole Miss needs – if they go down, win at Missouri, win one game in the SEC tournament, they'll be it. They'll be good. But a team – I mean, you, you beat either Kentucky – if you beat Arkansas and then one of Kentucky-Tennessee, we're not having this conversation. Like, it's it's a no-brainer, but they have left the door open. I mean, that, that's, that's the bubble this year is teams leaving the door wide open. Uh, no one is able to finish it off uh, as of right now. That's kind of where it's at, and, and it's leaving. And that's why that's why Alabama's in it. That's why Seton Hall's in it. That's why um, that's why Minnesota and Oklahoma. That's why Oklahoma is safely in the tournament right now. I mean, Oklahoma putrid conference record, but they're still they're still chugging right along, and they're in the tournament. Uh, Minnesota, talk, you know, talk about Indiana getting back on the bubble. Well, Minnesota coming off of a pretty tough week, home losses, a home loss to Michigan, and then a, a road loss to Rutgers. And I, I think I said last podcast, this team shouldn't be in the tournament. They should not be in the tournament because, I mean, what have they done um, recently? I mean, they were in the midst of, let's see, that's, that's a f- losing six of seven. 
with their only win against Indiana at home. I'm like, well, you know, what have they done? And then they they beat Purdue <laughs> on Tuesday. Uh, that very well could 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 get them in the tournament. Uh, they finish up with Maryland on the road. If they win that game, they're safely in. They're currently at this moment nine and ten in conference, nineteen and eleven overall. And I think if you you add another quadrant one win, especially outside of your building, to that, I think that they'll be uh, in good shape. They don't have a ton of bad losses. Uh, I guess their worst loss you you could say would be at Boston College. At Rutgers is a bad one. Uh, losing at Illinois is a bad one. Uh, but most of their other wins are, or losses, excuse me, aren't terrible. Uh, Maryland beat Minnesota at the barn uh, earlier in the season, 82-67. That was like the first week of conference play. So it's been a while since those teams have faced. That'll be interesting. Uh, see how that uh, shakes out. So I, t- I said I'd talk about, all right, so that's kind of, you know, your bubble. If I think of anyone else, uh, it's not looking much like, like I said, Oklahoma, just beat Kansas. Uh, Kansas's Big 12 streak is over. That so that is of note. It is over. They will not get a share. They will not. They're, they're I think it was 12 straight, uh, 12 or 13 straight of at least getting a share of the Big 12 title. Uh, that has come to an end with Oklahoma's victory over them. Oklahoma in the in the midst of a of winning th- four or five. So I'll give them that. They're up to seven and ten in conference. Uh, they go to Kansas State. Don't see them winning that game. But if they do, there you go. They'll probably be in the tournament. But it just blow, blows my mind that a team that is seven and ten in conference is considered safely in the tournament, like safely in. Um, but you know they had a good non-conference. Uh, that win against Wofford is uh, way back when is looking much better now than it uh, than it did at the moment. Beating Florida on a neutral court that's going to end up uh, helping them out. Beating Creighton will help, uh, but they've been kind of in, in conference. Um, luckily for them, most of the games that they've lost outside of at West Virginia haven't been bad losses. Uh, that's their saving grace, but still bad conference record. Nonetheless, all righty. Well, I talk about the the Mountain West. So Nevada uh, isn't even the first team in their conference at the moment. That is that would be Utah State. Uh, Utah State leads the Mountain West after the Wolfpack's defeat at Utah State Saturday, eighty-one to seventy-six. They did get back on track against Air Force. Uh, 90 to 79 on Tuesday. But what just blows my mind about all of this is that Nevada came into the year top 10, right? I mean, they were ranked, I think, as high as fifth uh, heading into the uh, heading into conference play. And they are going to end up with zero. Well, that may maybe one, but as of right now, they have zero quadrant one wins. They're going to end the regular season with zero quadrant one wins, um, and and they're going to end up being probably around the seed that they were last year, which is crazy because they had these high expectations. You know, they kind of caked it non-conference, right? Like BYU, Tulsa, UMass, at Loyola, Chicago, at USC, but like some of the teams they played were supposed to be better than what they. Are like USC was supposed to be decent this year, they're not good. 
Arizona State. I mean, that that one looked like a good one. I mean, Arizona State was then ranked 20th. But then Arizona State's falling off a map. Now, that's going to end up being a quadrant two win. But they didn't, they didn't like totally cake it, but they didn't play the best of the best. And that is going to hurt them come Selection Sunday time. They have a good record. It's 27-3. It's a good record. Uh, they'll beat San Diego State at home. But it's that's pretty brutal when uh, you come into the year top 10 and hopefully to be a three seed, a two or three seed, and they're going to end up probably a six. Uh, maybe they could get up to a five should they win out and win the uh, Mountain West tournament. I would just probably I would I would put my money on that. But uh, anyway, but yeah. So, uh, but Utah State now leads the Mountain West. They're up to ninth in the conference. You, you they're they're getting an at large at this point. Uh, the Aggies have been absolutely uh, terrific this year, and uh, they've they've only lost what? How many games have they lost in conference? I guess it's been three. Yeah, they're fifteen and three in conference. They finished up their conference slate at Colorado State, winning that game a hundred to ninety six. So this team can score. Um, don't know a ton about I don't know a ton about Utah State, but currently right now they rank 39th in Kimpom, and let's find them on here. And according to the net, they are 30th. So a home game, a home win against Utah State. So I I I, I agree. It looks like that Nevada will have one. Uh, quadrant one win with their home win over Utah State. Uh, that they have now entered the quadrant one range for a home win. Uh, so a home win against Utah State is a quadrant one win at this moment. That that is pretty. Uh, that's pretty. That's pretty insane. So, uh, but Utah State very impressive. Wofford, another team that will probably win. I be, I forget what the that conference is named. Is I think the SoCon. I think it's the Southern Conference. Yeah, Southern Standings. Uh, they're they're going. They finished undefeated, undefeated, in the Southern Conference. They were they're going to get that large regardless. Uh, Furman and UNC Greensboro are two teams that would love to knock off the Terriers in the conference tournament. Uh, that that could be a bubble buster right there. That could be you know that's something to look for. Uh, UNC Greensboro is really good. I mean, Furman has beaten uh, – they were ranked at one point, and, and they've beaten Villanova. So, I mean, that, that's a good team as well. So, all right, now to the top of the Big East. Um, so, Villanova got has gotten back on track since losing, what, three of four th- – or three in a row, I think, yeah, uh, with two home wins against Marquette and Butler – both the games against Mar, both Marquette Villanova games, neither team got over seventy. That surprised me. Uh, you'd figure, you know, Villanova a team that shoots a lot of threes. Marquette, Marcus Howard, you know, they, they have that's kind of what they're known for is their scoring. Uh, neither team, neither game was played in the seventies. I find that uh, kind of interesting. But they've gotten back on track while Marquette has fallen hard. Uh, they were looking so good for you know a hot minute there. You know, they lost it to St. John's, but then they got back on track, won four straight after losing that home game to St. John's, including a win over Villanova, including wins over DePaul. 
Butler, and Providence. But then a brutal stretch. They go to Villanova, lose that game. Uh, 67, 61. That's that one's forgivable. But then the la- the latter two. Who Creighton at home and then at Seton Hall, a team that was looking like a potential three seed, uh, dropping down to possibly, you know, a four or five. Haven't scored 70 points in a game since Providence. That is pretty remarkable with a with a, with a, a team with Marcus Howard on it. It's a guy that can fill it up in a hurry. But uh, Wojciechowski uh, is going to have to find a way to get back on track, get the Golden Eagles back on track. They have been uh, they have been brutal as of late, and uh, they get a home game against Georgetown, so that that's a that's a get right opportunity. But a shocking result: Creighton winning at um, uh, at Marquette uh, last week. Alrighty, I, I guess now we will kind of shift the focus towards the the top team. So currently right now, I would say Vill or uh, excuse me, not Villanova, Virginia is a lock to be probably the number 1 overall seed. Um I don't think even if even if Duke won the ACC tournament, Duke or Carolina, I'd say the, the, it's going to be one of those three won the ACC tournament. I still think if Virginia, you know, they they have a home game against Louisville that's senior night, they're going to win that game. And then they're going to – then you have the ACC tournament. That's three games. I don't see them losing the first two. I mean, who's, we'll see who they play. Let's see when they play Duke. Um, but I don't see them losing. If they get to the championship game, even if they lose that game, I don't see how you keep them out. And you, and you can't replace Gonzaga with them because Gonzaga doesn't have all the quadrant one wins that Virginia does. And they don't, you know, the grueling schedule. I mean, Virginia and Gonzaga would essentially, if both won out, would have the same record. Virginia played in the ACC, Gonzaga played in the WCC. Uh, and Virginia lost to Duke twice. Gonzaga beat Duke, but they've also lost to Carolina on the road. Virginia beat Carolina on the road. So... You can go both ways with that. But I'd say Virginia's a lock. So now it's up to the rest of them. It's looking like right now Gonzaga may get that too. Uh, because Duke, again, uh, lost. Again, they lost to Virginia Tech, but they they defended at home. But, oh, the, the game against Swake Forest was brutal for them. I mean, it took every ounce of, of them to win that game. And, and Wake Forest had a shot roll around the rim and then come off. That that's what it took for a seventy-one to seventy victory. And yeah, Zion's out, but we're talking about Wake Forest. We're not talking about a good team. I mean, an eleven and and sixteen or eleven and seventeen team coming in to that game. I mean, you know, not a very good team. Duke had everyone. Now Trey Jones did leave the game for a point for a point in time, but he came back. Uh, and even still, like. R.J. Barrett, Cameron Reddish. Again, Cameron Reddish's struggles this year have been just crazy to me. I mean, he has been brutal. He has been not good for Duke. I mean, he's been good in some spurts um, when they've needed him to be uh, at times. But as a whole, not a good year for him. Barrett's been great, but, I mean, he can, you know, he has his ups and downs as well. I mean, his free throw shooting about cost them on uh, on. Tuesday night. So 
for Duke, yeah, I, they got to get Zion back, and he still hasn't come back yet. He still hasn't come back yet, and this injury was not perceived to be serious. I mean, Coach K went out and said he was day-to-day, and it's been a two-week ordeal. So we'll see if he's back by, you know, by Carolina. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll just have to see, you know, if he does it. If he doesn't return, then I think you know Duke is eliminated as a title contender. They can't win a title without Zion Williamson. It's been it's you know they beat Miami by thirty. They've had some decent games with him on the shelf against Syracuse. They played fine against Miami. They played well in a blowout victory. But Wake Forest, I mean, it shouldn't take a one point game uh, to to beat Wake Forest even without your best player. I mean, they have too much talent on the floor for that. So uh, I think that is uh, that is interesting. Uh, as well. And currently right now, which is kind of surprising to me, Tennessee and Kentucky, one of those two, so currently it is Virginia, Gonzaga, Duke, then Kentucky. With Tennessee, I guess probably, Carolina being your top two, Tennessee being your second two after that. Uh, The the Kentucky-Tennessee debate, I think, is simple for right now. Um, assuming we're going to assume that both teams went out, they're, they both win their final game for Tennessee. That would be at Auburn for Kentucky. That'd be a home game against Florida. They win that game. They go to the SEC tournament. Uh, Kentucky would be the three. Tennessee would be the two. They would play in the semis. Um, the winner of that game gets the one seed. I, I think that's kind of what it is. Kentucky has two more losses than Tennessee does. I grant you that. But Kentucky has significantly more Quadrant 1 wins, and they've beaten better teams. A lot of Tennessee's Quadrant 1 wins, like at Memphis, at Florida, at Ole Miss, are the like back-end Quadrant 1 wins, not top-shelf ones. I mean, Tennessee's best win all year is Gonzaga on neutral court, then Kentucky at home. And then after that, it's a big drop-off. It's a big drop-off after those two games. Um, now, their last two wins have been quadrant. If Tennessee wins tomorrow, that would give them four straight quadrant one wins to finish up the season. At Ole Miss, Kentucky at home, Mississippi State at home, at Auburn. It's pretty good. That would help their cause. Tennessee, but, you know, I'll get into Tennessee as far as their play. But So we'll just have to see as far as that goes. Um, but I think with Kentucky, you have significantly more. I mean, Kentucky just picked up their tenth quadrant one win. That's second. I think it's. I think it's second. Um, they might be tied with like Kansas. I don't. Michigan State, Kansas are up there. Um, I think Virginia as well. And Kentucky, those are like their four for like the top for the, the you know the top two total quadrant one wins, something like that. Kentucky has their tenth quadrant one win. Uh, they have an opportunity to get to 13, depending on who they play. This Florida one uh, is going to end up being quadrant two because of their law, their past two losses. If they had won both of them, quadrant one win, but they lost both of them, so that's fine. It is or that is what it is. So, I think that's that's simply what it is, uh, and th- and that even becomes more so if Tennessee loses to Auburn, because then there you go, that's another quadrant one opportunity left on the table. Uh, and, and that you know, that makes it 
yeah, that makes it a, that makes it tighter. So we'll, but th- I think that's that's the scenario in which it is. Uh, LSU beating Florida uh, essentially uh, will put them at the top. They're going to get the one seed. Their last game is a a home game against Vanderbilt, the worst team in the conference. Zero and seventeen entering that game. It's safe to say LSU will win that game. Now with LSU, a little bit off the court stuff. Uh, the FBI probe came out, or there was a report today from Yahoo. The F- this is along the lines of the FBI probe that Will Wade was in contact or, and was like offering these the middlemen uh, to uh, for recruits, uh, and I believe that they both are two of the guy two of the. Uh, the guy, I think it was Christian Dawkins and Jim Gatto, got their sentences, and they both are serving like eight, nine months in prison, something like that. I, I could be wrong about that, but I think that's what uh, the report was. But Will Wade's on tape, you know, talking about offers to these middlemen to get recruits. That is serious business. LSU is in the midst of like a renaissance. I mean, they, they their basketball team has been totally revamped. Uh, but you know, between and, and it's been all sophomores and freshmen, right? Tremont Waters, Najran Reed, uh, Emmett Williams, Javante Smart, big big pieces for this LSU team. Uh, maybe they got some benefits along, and and these aren't like these aren't like back end guys that just happen to hit. These are. Top, these are pretty, you know, top shelf guys. I mean, Kentucky and Duke offered Draymond Waters. Um, Nasrin Reed was a top 20 recruit. W- Emmett Williams was a top 25 30 recruit. Uh, you know, so it, that is definitely something to think about with LSU. Some off the court stuff maybe could get in the way. This could be Will Wade's final season. It'll be interesting to see how LSU deals with this. Uh, because it's clear Will Wade, Will Wade can coach. He's a good coach, but is he getting his player? How he's getting his players? I don't know. We'll we'll just have to see. But it's it's it seems like some pretty dirty water, uh, you know, with and some stuff has come to surface uh, today with as far as LSU. But as of right now, top team in the uh, conference heading into the SEC tournament. So as for Kentucky-Tennessee, so they both played. And Tennessee walloped Kentucky. It was a blowout. And they 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 played well. They That was one of their better games I've watched. They played all season. And the best defensive game they played all season, I'll say that. Probably not the best offensive games. They didn't shoot very well. But not terrible. They played, I'd say, decent offensively. Not great, not terrible. Um, but slightly above average. Defensively, that was the best game they played all year. Most energy. That was the most energy they've brought to a game all season long. Uh, it was clear they were seeking revenge, and they got it. Kentucky uh, played horrible. That was the worst. Uh, that was the worst game Kentucky played all year. Uh, even against Duke, they played offense. They didn't play offense or defense in this game because uh, against Duke they scored eighty points, eighty four points. This game, they scored 52. That was a season low. They didn't play a lick of defense, lick of offense. They were turning it over every which way. It was a very bad performance for Kentucky. I mean, overall. And without Reed Travis, they didn't have, like, their only hope was to be able to make some shots, bring the energy, and it didn't happen. I, I thought, I said I would predict Kentucky to win. I did not 
I, you know, I was wrong on that one. I'll fully admit it. I thought Kentucky, uh, you know, it being a game at Tennessee and Kentucky hadn't won there in a few years, that they would bring some energy uh, and match them. But it, it was clear that wasn't going to happen. It, it, it just wasn't. And I, I was wrong about that. I should have known. I should have picked Tennessee. Uh, I, you know, I think Tennessee was going to win that game regardless. But uh, Kentucky could have at least brought a little bit more energy to make it somewhat closer. And P.J. Washington picking up two fouls early, that changed the game. But Tennessee was going to win that game regardless. I was wrong on that one. There you go. Uh, you know, in Tennessee, you know, last four games, very big games for them. Winning against Ole Miss, coming, you know, you know, kind of digging themselves out of that hole. Blowing out Tennessee, or excuse me, Kentucky and Ole, or Mississippi State. Back-to-back games. You know, Mississippi State have been playing really well recently. They go into Tennessee and get crushed. Here's my reservation with Tennessee. They seem to be a different team at home than they are on the road. At home, now, not to say they haven't played poorly at home before, Alabama, Vanderbilt, they have. But at home, they just, they're not losing. This team, too many seniors, too many, too many seniors, juniors, too many upperclassmen, um, to lose a home game this year. And then they're, the only hope of, anyone beating them at home was Kentucky and they weren't at full strength and they had just walled them the game before. So they were going to bring it, you know, so in they, they play, it's clearly they are better at home than outside, outside of uh, TBA. Now they did beat Gonzaga, but that was, that was neutral court. Wasn't on the road. It was in Phoenix. Gonzaga had been traveling cross country and I think if you play that game seven out of ten times on a neutral court, Gonzaga wins. And also Gonzaga not at full health. Another. So both times, both of Tennessee's best wins, non-road games, and the other team was not at full strength. And no, and listen, Gonzaga's been rolling without Killian Tilly, but that's he's a good player. We're talking about a future NBA player. Reed Travis is very important to Kentucky's post-defensive rebounding. I mean, you're talking about fairly, you know, for Kentucky, it's a fairly important player. That's not someone, if if Kentucky, if you had to pick, if you're a Kentucky fan and you're picking someone to not have for a game, Reed Travis is not your first pick. He's not your third pick. He's not your fifth pick. I mean, you know. So that's a that was a bit, now I wouldn't say he's the most important player for Kentucky. Kentucky went 3-1 and one without him. I don't think you go three and one without your most important player, but they were hanging on by a thread. Those last three games. So with Tennessee, let's if they win at Auburn and they win the SEC tournament, SEC tournament, then we'll see. But right now they haven't beaten, they haven't proved that they can compete on the road, super well. I mean, their best road games in conference, road wins in conference, Ole Miss. And again, all they gotta do is hit two free throws. But I mean, you yeah, want it. And then Florida. That's it, though. They haven't beat a top twenty. They haven't beat a top twenty-five team, regardless of if it's current or not, on the road yet this year, or in in the um, in the SEC. So I think you know we'll see how they play against Auburn, who's all of a sudden playing pretty well uh, on on uh, Saturday at noon for Kentucky. You know they beat Ole Miss and. You know, that first half, they didn't play a lick of defense. Second half, they were much better. 
uh, both sides. I thought they, you know, Hero and, and Kelton Johnson, and that's a guy that they had had to get, they need to get going. Kelton Johnson been really struggling. I think he was under like 30% from the floor the last four games. Had been brutal since the Missouri game, but he came in, hit a three, uh, was attacking. Uh, just got to make free throws, but he's, he was really good. He was really good uh, in that game. In Kentucky, kind of played some good defense uh, at the end to close it out. Terrence Davis for Ole Miss is a heck of a player, uh, senior, and he played well on his senior night. Had twenty five, I think, had twelve. So he he brought it. But Kentucky big time road win without Reed Travis. Uh, that's now on. That's now so two and one in games where Reed Travis hasn't played the whole thing. One and one in road games in which he's played. Or he hasn't played at all. But they were able to close out Missouri. Tennessee, they got romped. But then they were able to win this game on the road. Kentucky overall now finishes with a, let's see, 8-2 record on the road. That's really impressive. That's really impressive. And and if you after the Duke game, you told me they were going to go 8-2 on the road, I said, that's nonsense. I would have said 500 at best. And it's clear that, you know, if they grew up, they got a lot better. Uh, in, in a very impressive road when now they just got to get Reed Travis back. Kentucky, Tennessee with Reed Travis full every each side fully healthy on a neutral court in Nashville will be one of the best games of the season. Both teams have gotten walloped by each other. Uh, so, the, you know, that didn't really... So it's kind of been a stalemate thus far between the two. Uh, and you get a, a rubber match in... Uh, in Nashville, that that would be one of the best games of the season, and you're talking about the difference between a one seed and a two seed. I mean, that's going to going to determine it. Uh, so I think that's uh, what you're looking at, and I think the winner gets gets the one seed, and they're going to get whoever is the two seed between Duke and Carolina. The winner or the loser gets the two seed, and the one seed of either Duke or Carolina. I think it's what's going to be. Looks like Michigan, Michigan State are going to go out east and west. Michigan State to to DC. Michigan's your lowest one seed at the moment, the or two seed, excuse me. They're going to go out west to Anaheim. That's what it's probably going to be. So we'll just have to, see, you know, we'll just have to see how that plays out. Michigan and Michigan State will both play, or they're going to play on Saturday uh, in East Lansing. That should be a terrific game. Michigan with a big win on the road at Maryland. Uh, so they've kind of gotten back on track since losing to Michigan State. Um, so that'll be a fun game. Uh, can Michigan State sweep them? Or will the Wolverines get revenge? We shall see. And I'm trying to think if there is anything else. Well, Carolina survived at uh, Clemson on Saturday, and they just won, and they won at Boston College. This is pretty crazy when you think about it. Carolina has won 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. 13 of 14 games. You talk about peaking at the right time, including wins at Duke, at Louisville, Virginia Tech at home, with Jerome Robinson, or Justin Robinson, excuse me, Jerome Robinson was the Boston College point guard from last year. Justin Robinson. You know, like, that's really impressive. It's the only loss coming at home to none other than Virginia. 
Now they get Duke coming up. Can they beat Duke? Uh, again, can they sweep them? Uh, you, you know, can they sweep it? And will Zion play? I mean, that's 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 going to be it. If Zion doesn't play, Carolina will win. That's my that's my that's my take. I mean, they've already they already pushed him around with Zion out at home. I would I could see them doing it because they don't have anyone that can guard Luke May with him out. It's like with Kentucky, they don't you know they don't really have anyone to guard Grant Williams. When Reed Travis is out, and they really don't when P.J. Washington's on the bench. First, you know, so it's same thing with this. So the, I, I, I could see Carolina routing them at home on senior, on Luke May's senior day, uh, senior night, uh, you know, and I could see him having a big, big game. Uh, should Zion Williamson be out? I'm trying to think if there's anything else um, not – Iowa State is still a five seed in the bracketology, and I don't understand why, because they've lost four of five, only win coming at home at Oklahoma. They just lost lost at Texas, and they lost at West Virginia, both games by double digits, swept against TCU, lost a home game to Baylor. Uh, the Cyclones, again, like a ton of talent, and they looked really good. That's who I thought was going to take the Big 12 crown there for a hot minute. But then they've been really disappointing as of late. But they're still a five seed. I think they're buoyed by some some good wins in non-conference and um, on uh, the road, especially at Ole Miss. That that win is helping them out uh, as well. But Iowa State kind of surprising. So it's going to be either between Texas Tech and uh, Kansas State. By the way, Texas Tech uh, keeps winning. So I think that that ranking is justified. I actually moved them down this week from seven to eight. Uh, I forget. I think it's just a reshuffle, but I think that's what they are in the AP poll. Uh, Texas Tech's good. I mean, they've been playing much better. They have a legit pro and Jared Culver. I could see them going back to the Elite Eight this year. Wouldn't surprise me at all. Virginia Tech, uh, they're coming off of a tough overtime loss against Florida State, but I've been really impressed uh, with, with the Hokies recently. Like, Without Justin Robinson, the only two games that they've lost uh, since coming off, <coughs> since snapping their two-game losing streak, <coughs> excuse me, uh, are against Virginia, and now this overtime loss against Florida State. So a very resilient group. Uh, if they can get Justin Robinson, currently right now they're a five seed in the Midwest bracket. If if I'm Kentucky, I don't want to I don't want to play Virginia Tech as a five. I don't want them as my five seed if Justin Robinson's coming back for the tournament because that's a legit three seed with him there. Um, and in like they're good. Uh, I mean they they not, they just beat Duke, uh, with them at home, <coughs> without him at home. So I mean if they can beat Duke, they can beat uh a, a lot of teams. And I know Duke was out Zion, but Justin Robinson's pretty important as well. So uh, that, that's dangerous. And then if you get them back, that's not a team I want to play in the Sweet 16. They, they could easily make a Final Four run. Uh, so I think that, that's kind of interesting, something to look out for uh, as the tournament un, or as the conference tournaments kind of unfold and see uh, where he's at. But right now, I mean, it seems like he's been out. He's still out indefinitely. All righty, that seems to be – I feel like that covers most of it as far as your one-seed contenders in your, in your bubble – 
Uh, didn't talk about Clemson. That's one of the teams. Uh, Clemson, like I think I mentioned this earlier, one in ten in quadrant one games, uh, with their only one I think coming against, um, I believe it was against Virginia Tech at home. Yeah. <coughs> so they have been absolutely brutal uh, this year. Uh, yeah, team that went to the Sweet 16 a year ago, returned most of its team, looking like a very, a very fringe tournament team, currently the last team in, according to Joey Brackets. So uh, they close out. Let's see who they have up their final game. Syracuse at home. You talk about a must win. That's You got to win that. You don't win that, then you can forget about it. To win that and then win a game or two in, in, in the ACC tournament. <coughs> And then who knows? Maybe it's back on the table. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> but, all right, I think that's going to do it for this episode of the Posting Up Podcast. Thank you all for listening. Like I said, probably won't be able to do one next week, but that Monday after I get back, uh, we'll have a bracket. Conference tournaments will be wrapped up, so then we will discuss kind of that. We'll recap some of the conference tournaments, and then we will get into the bracket matchups. I cannot wait for that. That's going to be very, very fun. Uh, so that's probably when I'll end up doing my next podcast. But thank you all for listening. Again, tweet me, text me, uh, anything like that. If you and give me feedback and if you want to hear uh, anything different. But thank you all for listening.